This is Agri Jobs for Youth, a youth employment podcast. The Agri Jobs for Youth is a German development cooperation initiative funded by the German Federal Ministry of Economic Cooperation and Development. The initiative is done in Western Kenya and implemented by GIZ. The podcast series promotes self-employment and entrepreneurship as well as employment opportunities for the youth within the agri-food sector and along the various agricultural value chains. Listen in and learn more about the initiative on various topical areas for youth employment in the agri-food sector. The hashtag for the podcast is KilimoniBees. Karibu and welcome. Welcome. Your podcast moderators for today's episode are Silvana Herre and Irene Rwande. This is part two of education podcast of the Agri Jobs for Youth podcast series. If you are joining us now, make sure you listen to the first part of this conversation. And now, on to the second part. We are looking at uh, Agri Jobs for Youth. Do you have major partners that have come in to maybe support this initiative in terms of Agri Jobs for Youth? Do you have partners? Yeah, we do. We have the, the German government through GIZ. We have uh, ADS, American Development Services, are also working with the youth. We have FAO Food and Agriculture Organization, also running to work with the youth. We have uh, KCB Foundation, that is the Kenya Commercial Bank Foundation, implementing a youth in agribusiness program under African Youth Works uh, to empower youth in agribusiness and they are targeting close to 6,000 youth in Western. They like Mkura to partner uh, with the KCP Foundation to train youth in hydroponics. So that is also going to come up. And the beauty with it is that it has a grant at the end of the training that the youth are given a soft loan for them to be able to start. And then the, the program supports them again in identifying the market for their produce. Okay, yeah. I can see you have a certificate of uh National Council for Persons with Disabilities. So how do we make education all-inclusive, people with disabilities and without? Yeah, thank you so much. We have a disability mainstreaming policy in this country. I am a current college student. And our policy is at least 5% of the youth should be people with various forms of disability. We make our curriculum friendly to people with disabilities. Uh, so that they can be able to participate. We partner with partners, uh, a suite of partners, to write our curriculum in a language that can be understood. We have a curricula in Braille. We have a network that is audio. So even during examination, we make sure that this is available so that they are not left behind. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about education, yeah. what should youths, for instance, you have just done your your KCSE, yeah. what should a youth look forward to when trying to join a college or a TVET in terms of what do they want to pursue, what kind of knowledge, in what area do they wish to have, so what should they look at? You know, a, a decision on your career is a lifetime decision, so it should be something that you are passionate about, mm-hmm. something that you like to do, and do it for many years. If you choose agriculture, then be prepared for you to handle whatever enterprises that go with agriculture. Yeah, so it's that devotion, that desire, that passion to pursue that career that drives the decision. Okay. In yeah. education, is it possible to have mentors? And how are they helpful? Yes, mentors are important because most of the youth don't know what they're choosing. They might choose agriculture without even knowing what agriculture is all about. Mm-hmm. 
or choose engineering without knowing what engineering is all about. So you need somebody who can give you some prior knowledge, some idea of what it entails, so that tomorrow you don't want to turn around and say, hey, I think I made a wrong decision. So mentoring is very critical and extremely important. At Bukura, do you have mentors and how do they help those who are current students for like practical instances? We do have mentors. Each student is assigned a mentor when he reports to the college. The mentor interacts closely with the student. The mentor interacts with the student at the point of entry and moves along with the student until the student graduates. And these mentors, most of them are our, our lecturers. They have actually been there and have quite a lot of experience. So they are able to guide the student on the right decisions to make, especially when they come across challenges during their course of training. When we talk about education, it is also good to look at it going hand in hand with incubation. So yeah. tell us how do you do education and incubation? Incubation is very critical because that's where we can be able to grow those uh, enterprises. At the moment we don't have any, but we're in the process of setting up one. Incubation, I believe, will help us identify uh, those ideas that can be grown and uh, the support that the youth may require for them to grow that idea into an enterprise that can benefit the youth and others tomorrow. I've seen that Bukura is currently doing value addition, yeah. matters dairy. So what other value addition sector and what jobs will it create in uh, your institution? It's value addition on dairy, we have been doing it for close to five years from 2017. And the idea was that we grow uh, income along the value chain, and of course income comes with the, with the, with job opportunities. The idea was to grow uh, the value chain backwards, that we empower the farmer to produce more milk, and then the farmer of course would require people to support him, to enable him to bring the milk here. So we believe that if we support the farmer to grow, uh, to produce more milk, then the farmer will demand more inputs demand for more inputs from, uh, from the suppliers or the agro-processors. That means establishment of uh, agro-shops agro shops along the value chain, establishment of distribution network of the raw milk. And then at the point of processing, we could directly employ people in the processing plant. At the moment, we have close to 10 working in the plant, uh, and the 10 are directly doing the processing. And then we have a marketing unit with about five, uh, going out in the, every day in the morning to dispute the products to the various retailers. We believe the retailers can also hire more people because they'll have more, more of the products to sell, maybe people to distribute, so that again indirectly uh, creates employment opportunities and there is a source of livelihood. Before we close, what is your parting shot in terms of education, agriculture, youth in the sector? We look at uh, the African youth and the Kenyan youth, by extension, as a lost generation. Lost generation because they don't have opportunities. And the population of the youth is ballooning every day in this country. I look at a typical African or Kenyan farmer. The average age is 60 years old. And then I look at the youth who is not at the farm. And then what comes to mind is what will happen to food production. Because of the aging farmer, the productivity has generally gone down in this country. The youth population is growing every day. The human population must be fed. 
we need this youth on the farm because that the future farmers of this continent or of this country at least 70% of the population and close to 20% unemployment we really need to embrace the youth agriculture can provide unlimited employment opportunities at various levels you really don't have to go to an office because for as long as the human population is growing you always have market for your products I look at youth as people that we can bring on board to revolutionize agriculture in this country. So mine is to welcome them on board to look at agriculture as an opportunity for them to earn a livelihood and even maybe to excel in life. Okay. How do we make education accessible? Every year we have close to 600,000 youth graduating at a formal level, out of which barely 100,000 go to universities and barely 150 go to TV institutions. That means out of 6,000, 250 are able to proceed. Close to 350 disappear somewhere along the way. Nobody really knows where they go. We need to make education accessible to the youth. They need to be able to afford that education. Education in this country is not free. Somebody pays for it, either the government or the parent. I'm glad that the government has introduced virtually free TV education, that youth are being given 40,000 as a loan by help and 30,000 as a grant by the government. Against a fees of 56,000, that leaves them with 14,000. That means they have already been enabled, they have been paid for. And then I noticed massive expansion of TV education in this country. The target of the government is one TV institution per constituency, I believe in the next five or so years. That means we are going to open up many more opportunities. We have also opened up training opportunities. We are not restricting to entry requirements. Now anybody with a bit of knowledge, whether you reach the G form four, you can access a level of training from craft level, artisan level, diploma level. We have those opportunities now where you can go for a skill. We are also changing to CPET. And CPET is in modules. You can come to Bukora for a short course in daily. Maybe you can just focus on how to milk. You can also focus, you come for 10 days, how to make yogurt. That is a chemist education. And the beauty with it is the modules can be accumulated and then be converted into a certificate or a degree or a diploma, something like that. So again, that is an informal route that we can use to enable the youth to access education even without having to sit in a classroom. Thank you so much. Thank you. Do you think the government has played its role in the sector of education? Well, I like to say this, that the government has played its part, but a lot more needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the government has provided loan facilities, government has provided free primary and day school education, government has provided uh, TVET loans and bursary through help, government has provided help loans to university students. Carmen has also played a role in infrastructure development. Carmen sponsors Bukura. It gives us money to maintain the facility and to put up new ones, to buy equipment, to pay fees. I believe at all the levels, Carmen is paying fees for the teachers, for the lecturers, including Bukura Agricultural College. So I believe Carmen has played its role, except that uh, still we have an impediment that the youth are still not accessing education. Our capacity as a college is close to 5,000 at any one time. The highest we have ever enrolled is 2,000. That means we have a shortfall of 3,000. So where are these youth that are living home for 
and they're not coming to Ukura, and yet we have opportunities. And we have virtually free education here. Where are they going to? And Ukura is not alone. We have at the moment close to 200 Tibet institutions. Where are they not going? Why are they not going to those institutions? Government has also provided equipment from China. We had a huge consignment of equipment for each Tibet institution in the country. That equipment was supposed to support training. I believe the equipment was not free. The government has paid for that equipment. So the investment by government in education is enormous, is quite large. I think on average in this country is not less than 100 billion a year. But we have not seen that it translate into increase in enrollment. So I think a lot needs to be changed, to be done. Perhaps we need to address the issue of attitude, and then maybe we need to look at our training programs. Are they attractive to the youth, or are we still offering those traditional programs? The same same traditional programs that have been there for all the years that these institutions have been in existence. So I believe what we need to do uh, as a point of entry is to involve the youth in curriculum development so that we have youth-friendly uh, curriculum in these institutions. Yeah. Today's podcast of AgriJobs for Youth focused mainly on how education is central towards creation of sustainable jobs and employment opportunities for the youth. In GIZ, we promote a performance-driven learning system that equips young people to build their livelihoods and shape their future careers. Our major focus is on in competence-based education and training modules. These are short-term courses in vocational training institutes to impart skills for the industry to improve employability and agripreneurship amongst our youth. Thanks for listening in. Please introduce and share this podcast with the youth who could benefit from this conversation so they learn about this initiative and opportunities in the agri-food sector. The hashtag still remains Kilimonibiz. We look forward to hearing from you.